Hello and welcome back to Millennial Mental Health. I'm your host, Stephanie Conter O'Hara. I'm a licensed professional counselor. And today I'm going to wrap up our mini series on anxiety. So I'll probably do another mini series in the future to really dive more into anxiety because I only hit on a few diagnoses that actually fit into the anxiety category. We talked about anxiety, we talked about phobias, we talked about eating disorders, but there are other types, you know, where the types of anxiety disorders include general anxiety disorder, panic disorder, separation anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder. There's something called body focused repetitive behavior that fits into anxiety disorders. They all share some common features, which is why they're kind of categorized as anxiety based disorders. But I didn't have time to go into all of them. And I even do a truly deep dive into each of them. And hopefully our guests in the future will touch back on anxiety disorders. And again, like I said, this is just one mini series. I wanted to do at least one mini series in each season. So I appreciate everyone who's been tuning in to learn more about anxiety disorders. It's important to know that anxiety can impact anyone at any time and different anxiety disorders come and go, whether you're, you know, someone super young, you know, three years old or as old as as 70. Sometimes people have a lot of reasons in which an anxiety disorder develops, genetic, environmental, hormonal. So it's important to remember that trying to tell someone to just, you know, deal with it or or cope with it without really giving them too much instructions is usually not helpful. I did want to go back to some basic facts about anxiety disorders. They more oftenly occur in women they can fluctuate throughout the month. Both women's hormones as well as testosterone play a role in anxiety. Anxiety can feel like a lot of different things for people. You know, sometimes it's merely a physical sensation, sweating, heart palpitations, chest pain, feeling like they're choking, or it can be more mental, right? They have obsessive or ruminating thoughts, intrusive thoughts, Um, Perhaps they have a hard time thinking clearly, get distracted. So I think it's important to know that there's a variety of different ways that anxiety can impact people. And it can even be very situational, like I mentioned in that first podcast about the difference between anxiety and stress. You know, it could be things like a school dance or an upcoming test, all the way to fearing something more great, like a car accident or death. And there's a lot of really important and helpful books out there about anxiety. I definitely recommend looking into this book called The Wisdom of Anxiety, and it's written by Cheryl Paul. It's on Audible, as well as you can pick it up at at any bookstore. It really dives into how anxiety can both keep us safe and push us forward, as well as like hold us back and keep us stuck. I think that's important that there is this like push pull that anxiety can play in someone's life. So to cover the ones that I didn't really go too much into, obsessive compulsive disorder is an anxiety disorder that's characterized by recurrent unwanted thoughts and or repetitive behaviors. 
repetitive behaviors such as hand washing, counting, checking, or cleaning are often performed with the hope of preventing obsessive thoughts or attempting to make them go away. Um, people also form what's called a ritual. Um, however, this usually just provides temporary relief and not performing them is marked by increased anxiety. Hand washing is the example that people tend to use or keeping things tidy, but it can be about other things, intrusive thoughts about wanting to hurt someone or intrusive thoughts about death or or fearing that they're going to come across something dangerous and needing to check to make sure that that the danger isn't there, even though most likely it is something that is not necessarily logical to occur. Fearing of getting into car accidents or having hit a car and needing to get out of their car and check to make sure they haven't hit other cars. It could come in a lot of ways. Post-traumatic stress disorder is something that I know a lot of people have heard about, usually in relation to veterans, but it can occur across age groups and, and races. This can be from trauma experienced during domestic violence, uh, sexual assault, childhood neglect. So it's an anxiety disorder that it's usually developed after the exposure to a terrifying event or ordeal in which physical harm has occurred or was threatened. And it's important to, the, to know that it can happen even after like a, a disaster that was caused by my mother nature, hurricanes, floods, tornadoes. So it, it can be pretty severe. And it's usually marked by having difficulty sleeping, hypervigilance, being startled easily, intrusive images or thoughts about the event reoccurring. Sometimes people can actually feel like their whole body and mind goes back to the event and will relive it. Um, and social phobia or social anxiety disorder is the, the final main anxiety disorder underneath this umbrella. It's an anxiety disorder characterized by overwhelming anxiety and excessive self-consciousness in everyday social situations. Social phobia can be limited to only one type of situation, such as the fear of formal speaking or informal situations, eating or drinking in front of others, or it can be more severe and show up in several different types of environments and situations. So it's important to recognize that just because someone is experiencing anxiety with performance or doing something in front of others, it's not just something to, to look over, but it can be actually considered social anxiety and needing to be worked on with therapeutic modalities. I think we've talked a lot about different types of anxieties. I wanted to dive into treatments for them a little bit more. Again, each of the categories that I talked about, the eating disorders and general anxiety and phobias. I touched on a little bit about different types of treatments, but I really want to dive more into treatments specifically. So good old CBT is often used as a gold standard for treatment for anxiety. That's to help you change your cognitions and your behaviors and thoughts all kind of connected and shows people the connection between each of those 
to go in further, cognitive behavior therapy is a form of psychological treatment that has been demonstrated to be effective for a wide range of problems, including depression and anxiety, as well as drug, drug use and eating disorders and other severe mental illnesses. It is important to emphasize that advances in CBT have been made on the basis of both research and clinical practice. Indeed, CBT is an approach in which there is ample scientific evidence, which is why I called it the gold standard a little bit ago. CBT is based on several core principles, including psychological problems are based in part on the faulty or unhelpful ways of thinking. Psychological problems are based on the part of learned patterns or unhelpful behavior, and people suffering from psychological problems can learn better ways to cope with them, thereby relieving their symptoms and becoming more effective in their lives. Like I mentioned, cognitions and behaviors can impact the way that we feel. And if we don't attempt to re- think about our thoughts and learn new behaviors, those psychological problems will just continue to exist. Some strategies that might be helpful is learning to recognize one's distortion in thinking and which is creating the problem and then reevaluate them in light of like new information or new evidence. Also to gain a better understanding of a behavior and motivation of others as well as motivation of yourself and why you're behaving in that way. Using problem solving skills to cope with difficult situations learning to develop a greater sense of confidence in one's own abilities. CBT treatment also usually involves efforts to change problem behavior patterns. These strategies might include facing one's fears instead of avoiding them, using role play to prepare for potentially problematic interactions with others, and learning to calm one's mind and relax one's body. So that's just one type of treatment is CBT. There's also more trauma-based Treatments such as eye movement desensitization reprocessing, which is shortened to EMDR, that attempts to create a dreamlike state while processing your emotions. Oftentimes when someone has been traumatized, a part of their brain kind of gets turned down almost like a dimmer switch, which then prevents them from being able to process their thoughts and feelings during REM sleep. So EMDR is meant to kind of recreate that experience that you would have during REM sleep, but while you're awake in the safety of your therapist's office. Usually the therapist will create what's called a safe place as well as develop different resources to help people utilize when they are trying to process their, their trauma in EMDR. It's definitely really important to receive treatment from someone who is trained. It's not something that is meant to be done by yourself or to be done by someone who isn't trained since it does have a very specific protocol, which is needed in order to facilitate evidence-based slash effective treatment. There's a variety of different evidence-based treatments to be used with anxiety disorders. Those are just two very prominent ones that are often used I would be happy to talk about different types of treatments for anxiety as well as other mental health concerns in follow-up podcasts, but I just wanted to introduce some few basic ideas. I'd really like to, to hear from people if they have any idea what they'd like to kind of hear about next or what might interest them in a mini-series. So I want everyone to reach out to me if they can with any 
suggestions or comments about the podcast, my email is hello at wellmindedcounseling.com. My website is wellmindedcounseling.com and there's a page on there specifically regarding the podcast. So if anyone wants to go on to my website, I'd be happy to get some feedback from our listeners. As of right now, I haven't had too much interaction with the actual people that tune in. So I think that could be really helpful and give me some more ideas about what my listeners uh, want to hear about and learn about. You know, this podcast is both meant to be conversational as well as informational. So yeah, I'd love to get some listener feedback. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know today kind of touched on some very broad ideas, but hopefully you learned a little bit more about types of anxiety through this mini series, as well as those two types of treatments that I kind of mentioned here at the end of this podcast. There's definitely other treatments that could be helpful. There's something called dialectical behavior therapy that is utilized a lot. That's kind of a mindfulness-based focus treatment. Internal family systems, better known as IFS in the uh, mental health community, that can also be really helpful to learn about the different parts of yourself that maybe need a voice or haven't been able to really integrate into your life and step into feeling more empowered. That's kind of what IFS does. There's a lot more to it, obviously. So yeah, I'd be happy to talk more about those or other types of treatment modalities if anyone is interested. And like I said, I'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much for taking time to, to tune in this week.